tonight, I've I've had a lot more time to pray about today and, you know, what to share on today. And I've had some great time fellowshipping with believers in Scotland and speaking with other people on different missions and things that's going on. It's been a real blessing to hear and, you know, just encouraging to be with other brothers and sisters that I haven't seen for quite a while. And I was just thinking about the importance of our character as believers, how we act as believers, how we present ourselves with the knowledge, with the things that the Father has given to us. And I, I do a lot of counsel as well with people that are that ask for help and support that are going through uh, different challenges within their lives. And I want to open up tonight and share in Matthew chapter 7, And Matthew chapter 7 is really quite a powerful portion of Scripture, and we're not not going to delve into this in like a full-blown theological perspective, but we just want to look at the context of what is being said within this chapter and what things we can pick up from this chapter and how we can be of good character, present Messiah and ourselves in the right fashion before others. And uh, I just want to welcome Esther back. Esther's just been getting over COVID as well. She's on with us just now, 5 a.m. in the morning. She's uh, co-hosting, so thanks for your help today, Esther, as you do that. And I see she's on uh, the Facebook page, making sure people have got links and things there as well. That's great. So like I said, in Matthew chapter 7, there's some key uh, topics that we see. The first part of this chapter, we talk about judging others, then it goes on to ask, seeking, and knocking, then it talks about the narrow and the wide gate, and then it talks about true false prophets and true and false disciples, and there's a lot of amazing things for us to consider over this chapter. So I just want to read, and uh, I'm just going to share and emphasize on bits as I feel the Spirit lead as we go through this chapter. But like I said, what's important is that we look at the character that has been developed within our lives as we grow in Messiah. So verse one, it says, do not judge or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye. How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? You hypocrites, first take the plank out of your own eye and then you will see clearly and remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is sacred and do not throw your peril to the pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. So in this portion of Scripture, we're talking about how we deal with each other as brothers and sisters and how we judge each other. And, you know, we're in a day and age where we have many denominations and we have people coming from all different walks, from different places of understanding. And yet, In the scripture, it talks about how we will be known as believers. We will be known by the love we have before Elohim, before Yehovah, and also the love that we have for one another. 
And how we treat others reflects how we are walking with the Father. And yes, there is times where we have to deal with issues, especially in areas of sin. But what it's stating in this portion of Scripture is talking about the order. Don't first look at how you judge others. The order is dealing with the heart, being right in our heart before Yehovah. And it says in doing this, you know, we don't just get all excited about the revelation we have. And that's why that verse six is in there. It says, don't give dogs what is sacred and don't throw your perils to the pigs. What does that mean? You're so excited about the revelation, the things that you're receiving, that you just want to blurt it out everywhere. And in the end, it's fallen into environments of people who don't really want to hear what you have to say. They're not interested in what the Holy Spirit has to offer. And then you're starting to build friendships and you're starting to build a platform in an area the Father's never called you to be. And these dogs, what are they going to do? They're going to turn around and tear you to pieces and start pulling you down. So what we want to do is recognize that how we want to be treated by others should be the way that we treat others. And when the Father has given us revelation, he's showing us things. You might be called an evangelism and someone else might have a, a, a passion, a heart for teaching. And that that passion you have for evangelism doesn't mean that you pull down someone who's called to teach or someone who's called to pastor and say, what's wrong with you, man? You should be as excited about evangelism as I am. And the reality is that that's not the case. They've got to operate and function within their gift. And we need to learn how to flow together with each other and how to minister together with each other. And if we see areas that we know things need to be dealt with, you know, I was in a situation the other day where someone was preaching over the, the Easter time. They were preaching from an angle that is just clearly not a biblical platform of how to interpret the scripture and what was being said. Haley said to me, she said, uh, she said, oh, she said, why did you not deal with that? And I said, because my relationship with that person is more important and there will be the right times and how to communicate to that individual. And this is not the moment. This is not the time. We need to know how we are speaking to others, how we are edifying and building each other up in our holy faith. And even though what was being said was, was not a biblical viewpoint, still sometimes you've got to sit back and say, you know, this is not the place. Now, let me tell you something. I have no problem dealing with confrontation. When I was 17 years old, I stood up in the middle of a holiness church in London, <laughs> in Bracknell, Berkshire, and that's where Jerry, Jerry and Jenny are from. I stood up and, you know, I said to the pastor, you're a wolf in sheep's clothing. You're having sexual affairs with many women within this church, and God is going to judge you and going to deal with you. Let me tell you something. My feet never stood on the ground any more than about 10 seconds and I had all these deacons and people grabbing me, picking me up, and literally threw me out of the church on the grass verge outside the door of the church. Now, was what I said right or was it wrong? It was the right word. Should I have said it? Yeah, I had a clear word from the Holy Spirit to say it, right? 
Did the church want to hear the word? No, they didn't want to hear the word and they persecuted me. In fact, when I got home to my apartment that I had, I actually lived in an apartment that belonged to a family within the church. And I get home to my apartment after, you know, going for a prayer walk for an hour after being thrown out of the church. And I go home and they're throwing all my stuff out the window from the first floor. (laughs) So they're taking the drawers and just emptying them out the window. They're taking my CD player, flinging it out the window. Everything that was in my room, speakers, flinging it out the window. And it's all just falling on the drive. I'm just picking it up putting it in my car, and they're like, you don't stay here anymore. (laughs) You don't stay here anymore. So when we look at this scripture, and it says, don't judge, or you two will be judged. In the same way you judge others, you will be judged with the measure you use. It will be measured to you. It doesn't mean that you don't deal with issues. It was a year later, or, or just over a year later, that this pastor his sin was exposed and he was having sexual relations with over 30 women within the church. It's crazy. He was out doing outreach in London and he was spending all his time in brothels in London and he wasn't doing outreach and all the money that was being given for outreach programs was spent on his lusts of the flesh. So I never got a phone call. No one called me up and said, oh, you know, we appreciate that word that you shared that day. I wish we had heeded to that word at that time. But anyway, the family of the house I was staying in, the wife, she was uh, having an affair with that pastor as well. She was one of the 30 plus ladies within the fellowship. In fact, all of them were married. He wasn't messing around with single girls. He was messing around with married woman within the fellowship. So it's a pretty big deal. When it talks about not judging and how do we deal with things, how do we communicate, what it's basically saying here is deal with your heart, deal with yourself. Don't be one that speaks things out when you're not willing to deal with what's going on in the inside of your life. So you get a revelation. So the Holy Spirit opens your eyes, right? If you walk into an environment of people who don't have the understanding that you have, if it's following Torah or whatever, that understanding that the Holy Spirit has put upon your heart, it doesn't mean that if you're in the environment of people that don't see things the way you see it, it doesn't mean that you just want to vomit all over the floor or you can't stand being in that place because what you've got to do is you've got to see them through the eyes of Messiah. You've got to see them through the eyes of Messiah. And what I'm not speaking here today, I'm not speaking a message of compromise, but I'm speaking a message of biblical order on how we deal with judging others, how we deal with our approach. And I have not always dealt wisely. Even today, sometimes I have to bite my tongue and I I think, man, how I dealt with that, what I said in that instance, it wasn't the right thing to say. I didn't handle myself in the way I should have handled myself. So I I put a check on how I've responded, what I've said, what's come out of my mouth. And I've brought it before the Father. Father, help me to be purified. Help me to walk in the right light. Help me to walk with the love of Yehovah. May we be a people that are known by the love we have 
for one another. Why? Because of the Father's love within us. Look, I'm not interested in your personal love that you have with another person. That's not what I'm interested in. What I'm interested in seeing is how the manifestation of the love of God is transforming your life. And that is what is being oozed out into the lives of others. It's not coming from the flesh. It's coming from the work of the spirit. And a lot of times when we feel that grit, when we feel that annoyance, we feel that, you know, I don't even know what the word in English is, just that groan, or sometimes we feel, feel so sick to the gut. We've got to ask ourselves the question, is this what the Father is feeling, or is this what we are feeling from our perspective? How does the Father see this person? When we do witnessing and evangelizing, you could be ministering in prisons. You could be ministering with criminals. And you've got to realize the gospel, the message of the gospel, the good news of the kingdom of Yahovah is for the broken. And what does it say in the scripture? That even the tax collectors, now who are the tax collectors? They're the cheaters, the swindlers, they're out for their own gain, and the prostitutes, they are entering the kingdom of God faster than those who think, well, I've just got it all together. I've got this word down. I can do this. And it's not that their knowledge and their understanding is not of any value, but we've put more trust in what we know than trust in who we know. And my desire today is that the Holy Spirit will open our eyes and we will see who we are and And listen, when we look at the reflection of who we are, don't sit about the 10 points of the things you hate about yourself, but start identifying through the scripture how God sees you. And it's when we are encouraged in how he sees me, how he sees you, when we encourage ourselves in the presence of God, then from that place, the love of God can flow. Listen, it was while we were still sinners that Messiah died for us. He didn't die and say, well, Kenny, you know, you're you're a, a pretty good person. Okay, I'm, I'm going to die for you. No, every one of us deserved the sentence of death. Yeshua took on the price. He took on the full weight of sin, our sin, upon himself. Man, he who is forgiven much will love much. Now, just think about that statement. For a second, I'm writing this book on how to identify the witness of our heart to be more effective in evangelism. And why is this book so important? It's because it's helping people get back to the place of what truly took place in their salvation. So what has Yeshua really done in your heart and done in my heart? Don't let the devil rob you of the glory of the transformation of what the Holy Spirit has done in your life and in my life, because that's what the devil wants to do. He wants to get your testimony and wreck it so you can't be effective for the kingdom. And it's not that the Father's not concerned about his reputation over you or over me, but what we want to see is we want to see the fullness of the transforming power of the revelation of what Christ has done in our life to be seen by others. 
Hallelujah. So maybe today you feel like a failure. Maybe you feel broken. Maybe you feel like, huh, how do I just get through this moment? How do I get past this, this bridge? How do I get over this tough place, this difficult circumstance that I'm facing? Whatever you're going through, I want you to see yourself as the Father sees you. I want you to know that we have a God that says, I want to respond to you right now. This is what he said. I want to respond to you. So first, in the area of judging, we've got to deal with our heart. Don't try and take the speck out of someone's eye when you've got a plank in your own. Now, why do I say that? Because sometimes we be tough on ourselves. Look, if you put your hand in front of your eyes, right, you can't really see what's going on out there, yeah? Because your hand's in front of your eyes. So if you've got problems with yourself, how can you see to deal with the problems of others? First, you've got to take your hands down and surrender before God and say, Father, change me from the inside out. Create in me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within me. And as we do that, then we're able to help and support others. Instead of coming from a judgmental angle at dealing with their problem, we can come at their problem with love. You know, God really loves you. So when we minister to the broken, the drug addicts, the alcoholic, the whatever distress or, or problems that people face, we don't look down on them and say, what's wrong with you, man? Look at the state of you. But we recognize, you know what? This person is in a place of need. And Yeshua, he is the answer. So as we move on in this chapter, and as we go through this chapter and just look at what's written here, I want to encourage you to take note of this chapter and maybe spend a bit of time on it this week and just pray over this chapter. We all like to get to verse 7 about asking, seeking, and knocking, right? That's the famous part of the scripture everyone wants to talk about, but we don't always like to see it within its context. So it says, asking it will be given to you. Seeking you will find. Knocking the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be open. Now, how you see God is so important. How we see who he is in the midst of the development of our lives. We're a new creation. The old is gone. Hallelujah. And behold, all things are new. So how do we walk in the newness of what the Father has for us? We've got to know how to ask. We've got to know how to seek. We've got to be those who are in pursuit of knowing God. We're not running around asking others, but we're coming to the presence of a mighty God. It says in verse 9, Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. Now, isn't this amazing? The very scripture, the ask, seek, and knock scripture is connected to the judging portion of this chapter. It's connected. Do unto others 
as you'd have them do unto you. Don't judge people on a level that you're not willing to be judged on, right? This is what this portion of Scripture is talking about. So we don't just want to have cut and paste view of the Scripture, but we want to see it within its context. So how powerful is this portion of Scripture? Ask, and it will be given. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open. But let me tell you something. If everything that you ask and seek for is all about so that you feel better, so that it deals with your emotions, if it's all based on the fleshly realm, you're going to miss so much. We are born again of the Spirit, and the Father has given us spiritual gifts. He's given us everything that we need within the heavenly realm. And this invitation that we see here is an invitation for us to move into a new dimension. Don't move into the dimension of how you respond within the flesh, but move into the dimension of the spirit and say, I want to ask you for spiritual wisdom and understanding. I don't just want a good idea. I want supernatural revelation that will bring transformation. Let me tell you something. The very fact that you're alive on planet Earth right now is in the will and purpose of Yehovah. You are fearfully and wonderfully made, and the Father put you on the earth for such a time as this. So don't limit what the Father wants to pour into your lives today. Don't limit what he wants to say to you. Oh, you might have faith to pray for the healing of someone else, but do you have faith to stand for the healing of your soul, of yourself, of the things that you're going through? Do we know how to speak the word to ourselves? I remember in Bracknell, Berkshire, Years ago, after the Holy Spirit taught me a trade by his voice, he basically told me all the instructions of a trade working in uh, the dairy, Clifford's Dairy in Bracknell. And after a year of witnessing incredible transformation, spiritual transformation manifesting in the natural realm, I remember I went out and spent 200 pounds, a few hundred dollars on books, sat them all on the kitchen table, And then I started prophesying to myself, Kenny Russell, you're going to pick up this book. You're going to start reading and you're going to learn. You're going to grow in the spirit. You're going to grow in the knowledge of God. You will understand technology. I started prophesying to myself. And as I was speaking these things out, this was a person who could hardly get through a few paragraphs of a book without yawning and thinking, what's the point? I can read my Bible. But then when I start reading books, it was like, oh, 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 look, I left school at 11 years old to run businesses. I had my own companies and things. It wasn't, school was not my focus. My ability to read and write and praise Yehovah for people like Esther, Jenny, my wife, Hannah, and everyone that makes sure all my bad spelling and stuff gets covered up. (laughs) Grammarly, uh, all these things, they help me stay alive right now. I still don't have all these things in the right place. But because of prophesying to myself, I picked up the first book I started reading. I didn't get tired. I didn't feel exhausted. I didn't forget what I just read. I started reading page after page. I was retaining the information. I was being empowered by the Spirit. And I went through this whole pile of books, like 20 books I went through. and. 
through every single one of those books. And one of the things I prophesied, I'll start reading today and I will never stop in Yeshua's name. I'll never stop. The Holy Spirit is going to empower me to learn. He's going to empower me to retain the knowledge of his kingdom. And I got through that whole pile of books. And let me tell you something, I was on fire. Why was I on fire? Because I was seeing the manifestation of that which is in the spirit manifesting in the earthly realm. So how are we going to bring change? Isn't it amazing that some of the simplest people from the simplest background have made some of the greatest transformations on the earth? It's not about, well, you know, this person is so excellent in communication or this. What about Jackie Pullinger from the West End of London? You know, she was just a normal housewife. And then one minute she just gets this passion and, and goes off to another country and starts ministering the poorest part of the slums and starts bringing them Yeshua, ministering to them, reaching their needs and bringing transformation. Hannah's just done an event today in Israel with a whole production team with the Holocaust survivors on the story of Corey Ten Boom. And, you know, just a simple woman. And all she did was hide Jews. And it wasn't just so much about that, but it was about the heart and the very impacting moment of that dance production was when Corey Ten Boom faces the the uh, the the Nazi uh, guard who had done so much harm against her and her family, and she was able to say, "I forgive you, I love you," and to to say that. And there's that Nazi uh, whatever secret uh, secret service or I don't know what the person's called. But anyway. They didn't know how to respond. They didn't know how to receive. But what was it they were having a problem with? It was a problem with the love of Yahovah. It was the love of God that was breaking through. So listen, be a people who are in pursuit, asking, seeking, knocking with the expectation. I'm going to walk in the transforming power of a mighty God. In verse 9 to verse 12, it talks about, listen, you know, understand the heart of the Father. If you, being evil, what's he talking about? He's talking about the flesh. If you in the flesh, if your son comes and says, give me bread, you're not going to give him a stone, right? If you, though you're evil, though you're in the fleshly mindset, if you can give good to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father bless you? So are we ready to receive the blessings that the Father has for us? Are we ready to receive the increase of what he has for us? Are we ready to tap in to a heavenly realm and have that transforming power of the Spirit? Look, we don't need words. We need a mighty move of the Ruach HaKodesh. We need the Holy Spirit to pour out. And the Father is not looking for the most intelligent. He's looking for available. What, where's your heart today? What are you dealing with? Is the devil tying you up, trying to tell you how awful you are and how God can't use you? If that's where you're at right now, then be set free in Yeshua's name because you're fearfully and wonderfully made. You're born for such a time as this. And just like Esther 
in the book of Esther, you have been born for such a time as this. The, this, the very reason you're in the palace is for such a time as this to save your people. Let me tell you something. We are called to bring salvation to this generation. And we all have different parts to play. And we don't need clones. We don't need everyone. Look, you don't need another five or ten Kenny Russells. That would probably drive everyone crazy. But we don't need clones. We need to be everything the Father has called us to be. Yeah? So what does it say in verse 13? Enter through the narrow gate. What does this mean? Enter through the narrow gate. It says, don't be so wide-minded. Don't be so, don't listen to the opinions of man and the ways of this world for the path the Father has called you on. That is not what you're called to consult concerning your salvation, concerning your life. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it, but small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Let me tell you something. You can be born again of the Spirit. Yes, you have eternal life. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Let's praise him for a moment of our salvation. But you can have salvation, but the question is, do you have life? Are you walking the path of destruction or are you walking the path of life? So what's that narrow way? This narrow way is that you are born for such a time as this. The Father has a destiny over your life. And our job is to ask, seek and knock and discover what he has called us to be and to say, Father, every day I want to pursue you that bit more to be everything that you have called me to be. He's waiting for us. In Revelation chapter 3, it says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I'll come and sup with him. I will come and eat with him and he with me. What side of the door is the handle on? It's on our side. And we've got to say, Yeshua, I welcome you in. Minister to me. Teach me. I need your word. What does it go on? It talks about watch out for false prophets. Isn't it interesting? You've got narrow, the wide road to destruction, the narrow way. Then it says, watch out for false prophets, verse 15. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they're ferocious wolves. So that's what I said to that pastor in that holiness church in Bracknell. I said, you're a wolf in sheep's clothing. And God's going to judge you. He's going to deal with your sin. And this is what you're doing. Verse 16, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? It's talking about common sense. It's talking about open your spiritual eyes. We need our spiritual eyes open. I've had people where they have said, God's told me this about this person or that leader or this other believer. And, you know, I was in prayer and this is what God showed me. And I'm like, well, wait a second. Have you tested the word? Have you tested the word to know this word is true? You know, and, you know, I know people who have made decisions and persecuted other believers because of what they believe is a word, but there's no fruit it's not identified. It's not proven. 
and they have brought persecution, they've brought judgment upon others. And maybe we've all had people deal with us at some stage within our lives in this way. They look down on you and they judge you without knowing your fruits, without knowing your heart or who you are. So you don't pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistle. Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. So that's a whole big bunch of tongue-twisting stuff in there, isn't it? It reminds me of a couple of days ago as I was getting ready to leave Israel, and Haley had an avocado tree, or, or the seed, and she set it all up so it rooted and it had a little few leaves and stuff. And probably for a month, she changed the water all the time, had it sitting in the sun. There wasn't an earth or anything or compost or anything. And it's, it's all flourishing. It's going good. Then she takes it from that environment and she plants it in the earth and has it on a nice environment to see the sun and everything that you'd think would be good for it. She's watering it. She's trying to take care of it. And all of a sudden, this avocado little baby tree starts dying. And what soil we are in makes the difference to how we grow. Where are the nutrients coming from? There was nutrients that this little plant was getting from water, and then it got put into the soil, and it wasn't able to receive. So what did she do? She didn't say, you stupid plant, and fling it out the window. She took it out of the earth. <laughs> Your stupid donkey, I was thinking about Shrek there for a second. She she took it out of the earth and she put it back into its previous place to see if restoration could happen. Let's take it back a step. And I want you to think about what nutrients we receive spiritually. Do we fill our minds just with the things of the world? Are we so caught up in the next Netflix series or television or 16 hours of the news a month? What are we filling our minds with? Are we in prayer meetings? Are we seeking the face of the Father? Are we pressing into the scripture? These are key things that we have to do because a good tree is going to bear good fruit, but we need to be planted in the right soil. And the soil is the word of Yahovah. We need the word of the Spirit within our life. So as we ask, seek, and knock, just readdress the lists and the things you're asking of Yehovah and ask him, am I asking with the right heart? Am I asking with the right motive? Am I applying my life in the right direction? And these, these are key things that we want to look at. It says in verse 19, every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruits, you will recognize them. It's not talking about trees here. It's talking about the lives of others. We're dealing with judging. We're dealing with how we are operating, how we handle ourselves as believers, how we walk in the Spirit. Yes, we've got to watch out for false words. We've got to watch out for strange fire. We want to be spiritually discerning in what we say and what we do and how we act. And if we just have a life that is always constantly judgmental, let me tell you, 
if everything that's coming out of your mouth is judgmental, you're toxic. It's not an alkaline earth to bring blessing. It's toxic, continually toxic. So we want to identify how we speak. So verse 21, as we talk about true and false disciples, it says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Now, that's interesting. And this comes back to the point of what I've been saying. Everything that we are talking about here is how do we align ourselves to the will of Yahovah? I want the fullness of the blessing of the will of God to be established within my life. So what things are going on in my life that may be hindering me in my pursuit of the will of God? What things are in your life that may be hindering you? And just take note of them. And it's not about, well, God can't use me because of this, this, and that. No, say, Father, refine me. Refine me. Help me align myself. What circumstances have been happening around you? And, and let me tell you something. Just because you're experiencing bad things, tough times, and persecution, or all hell is let loose around you, or you're being hit in your health, it doesn't mean you're in sin, right? You don't know what's going on in the conversation behind the scenes, you know, one thing we study, look at the book of Job, when the, the devil and God are having a conversation, Job didn't see this hedge of protection around him. Oh, you take that hedge of protection around and you watch, Job will curse you. And God's like, no, he won't. And that whole thing played out. And Job, he didn't get the memo. Here's the 12 steps to what the devil's trying to do to you right now. <laughs> All these events were happening. And it wasn't because of his sin. It wasn't because of his lack of integrity. So just because you're going through things, what you need to understand is where is your heart in all of it, in all the things you're going through, in your relationships? Where is your heart in your speech? Where is your heart? And how do we align ourselves? So guess what? And then if you go through things, you know, I remember... In 2019, we lost the dog, had a brain tumor, died. We lost a baby. The recession in America, 2008, was so bad. We lost all our business. Then we lost our house. Then we couldn't renew our visas. Man, there was nothing that couldn't go wrong that wasn't going wrong. But in the midst of it, when I brought it before the Father, this is what he said to me. Bless my name in all things. And you know that song, you give and take away, but blessed be your name. And all the Father said to me, you might not understand. This is not because of your sin. But the question is this, will you bless my name? Will you praise me through all of this? Are you going to curse God in the midst of your problems, in the midst of the things that you're going through? Or are you going to bless him? Father, I came into this world naked and naked. I'm going to leave this world and everything I have has to come from you. If it doesn't come from you, I don't want it. I want to walk in your will and in your purpose. So not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. So how do we identify if the assignments against us 
are because of our sin or not, if you are fully in pursuit of the will of God over your life, right, you can smile at the storm. You can rejoice even in the midst of all the things that's going on. You can say, you know what, Father, my heart is clean right now, and I'm not going to let the devil rob my joy even in the midst of trouble. This is a very important word. I'm not going to let the devil rob my joy, even in the midst of trouble. I don't care what man thinks about me. I don't care what anyone thinks about me. I want to know that I'm in right standing before my God. And let me tell you something. If you identify things, you know that you're in error, you're in wrong, then this portion of Scripture talks about you dealing with your heart before God. God, I don't know how to deal with this, so I'm coming before you and I'm asking for you to empower me to get this part right within my life so I can see your blessing, so I can see your victory. Verse 22, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you workers of Enomia, you without my Torah, you without my law, without my instructions. Therefore, what's the therefore, therefore? It's talking about what was just said before. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the wind blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because its foundation was on the, the rock. Therefore, if we hear the words of what the Holy Spirit is saying, we're going to be strong. When I put my hand on that pile of books and started prophesying to myself and started saying, you're going to pick up these books and start learning. You're going to grow in understanding the wisdom of God. You will understand technology. You will start reading. You'll never stop. You will be empowered in the name of Yeshua. Let me tell you something. This is how you want to speak the word of God over your life. Why? I want to be people who put the words of Yehovah into practice, not just I know the word. The question is, are you doing the word? If we are people who are doing the word, when the storm comes and the rain comes, it might be a whole flood. You might see the entire economy being destroyed around you. The physical house might collapse around you, but we're talking about who we are spiritually. I didn't build my physical house on the rock of Yeshua. Yeah, it's me that's built on Yeshua, not something that is only temporary. So if all the temporary starts disappearing, breaking and crumbling and falling around me, it doesn't mean I'm not on the rock of Messiah because it's me on the rock. It's me It's on the rock. So... We stand upon the rock. And what do we do? We align ourselves and we know that we are going to see the victory. It says, the rain came down, the streams rose, verse 25, and the wind blew and beat against the house, yet it didn't fall because its foundation is the rock, Yeshua. But everyone who hears these words of mine and doesn't put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house in the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the wind blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. When Yeshua had finished saying these things, the crowd were amazed at his teaching, 
because he taught as one who had authority and not as the teachers of the law. What an interesting statement at the very end. They're like, what's different about Yeshua and the other teachers of the law? Yeshua has authority. Why does he have authority? Because number one, he's doing the will of the Father. So why is he up early in the morning? He's up early in the morning. He said, I only do what I see the Father do. I'm seeking the will of the Father. So even the Messiah got up before sunlight and got in the place of prayer and said, I'm not just going to stand knowing I'm the Messiah today. I'm going to come into the presence of the Father to receive from you. So if it was good enough for Messiah to receive from the Father, that's good enough for me. That's good enough for you. And hallelujah, he wants to speak to us today. He wants to minister to us today. He wants to empower us. And what we need is the fanning into flame of the gifts of the Spirit. We need the glory of Yehovah manifesting in our times, in his presence. We need the revelation of a mighty God being revealed to us and uh, transforming our lives. And let me tell you something. These are key elements of the gospel. This is what the good news of the gospel of the kingdom has done for me. He delivered me from sin. He delivered me from all the plans of Hasatan, from Satan. He has set me free. And I stand upon the rock of Yeshua. And he is my strong tower. He is my sure foundation. And it doesn't matter what storm happens. It doesn't even matter if I have to raise my hands up and say, you give and take away. But yeah, I'm going to bless your name. The circumstances I'm facing right now, the difficulties I'm going through right now, this is not where I want to be. But I know, Yeshua, you're not going to leave me here. You're going to take me on from this place. Hallelujah. Listen, when you're going through the valley of the shadow of death, don't stop. Keep going. The valley doesn't last forever. But listen, if you're not moving, then the valley is going to last forever. But you just keep moving in the name of Yeshua. Get through that valley. And you might be on the mountaintop right now. Hallelujah. Let's praise with those who praise. Let's mourn with those who mourn. But if you're on the mountaintop, there's a valley coming your way. Why? Because we're on a journey. We're on this journey through life by the Spirit. You will have high points. You will have low points. You'll have good times. You'll have times when you're just weeping and you just don't understand how you're going to get through this next five minutes. And we've all experienced those moments. We've all experienced those suddenlies, the pressure where you think, what is next? How do I get through this moment? And sometimes you've got to take that breath and just say, okay, I've got my shalom. I've got the peace back. I trust you, God. Take me through this. Take me through this. I know that you can do it. So what was different about Yeshua? He was one who taught with one who had authority, not like ones who had all the knowledge, because he was a doer of the Father's will, of the Father's word. So, Father, that's our prayer today, that we will be doers of the word. Father, we don't want to be those who are workers of lawlessness, 
but we want to know your way. We want to walk in your understanding. Father, we don't want to be people who judge in the wrong way because we think we've got it all together or we have an understanding. Help us to be humble in heart over everything that we do within our lives. Help us to be those that seek you to be the best that we can be in the circumstances that we face so that the change that happens is not because of our solutions and strategy, but because of your spirit. It's because of your spirit. And that's what we call on right now, a mighty move of your Ruach HaKodesh within our lives that you will strengthen us. Father, we don't want to go back. We can't change the past, but we can draw a line and say, today, Father, move us forward. Bring us to the place of transformation today in Yeshua's name. Thank you, Father. Well, I know it's a little long-winded uh, going through that chapter, but I really felt it was important for us to share this as a chapter today. And I know there's people that needed to hear what we're talking about right now. And if you've got something you want to add to what we're sharing on just now, maybe you've had an experience, you've got a testimony where you've just seen the transforming power of the Spirit bring you through. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And it's through the testimonies as we share with others that helps others as well recognize, you know what? I need to hear the testimony of others to encourage me in this place. And that's what we're doing on this Zoom call. We're, we're here to fellowship, to encourage. Yes, we have some word, we, but we want the encouragement. We want to hear from each other. We want to be a support. But before we open it up for others to speak, I, I just want to take a moment right now. I want to deal with the healing power of Yeshua. If you've got a sickness or something that you're dealing with, or even a family member, then just stand in the gap for them right now. And we just release the healing power of Yeshua over their lives right now. Father, it's by your stripes that we are healed. We thank you, Father, that in your kingdom, that you always heal sickness. You always heal dis-ease. You bring into kingdom alignment by the blood of Yeshua, it's by your stripes that we are healed. So we stand on the promises of the word right now, and we release the healing power of Yeshua. Over our minds, Father, we release the healing power of Yeshua. Over our condition of our heart, we release the transforming healing power of Yeshua. Father, over the words that we have spoken, if we've spoken words of cursing to pull down to break down. Father, we repent right now. And we ask, Father, you give us a change of heart, a change of vocabulary, that we will speak forth your word, speak forth with your wisdom, and demonstrate your love to those around us. In Yeshua's name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. All right, I just want to open the lines up then. If uh, anyone has anything they want to share, then feel free to, to share. As you were sharing, Kenny, uh, what was coming to me was something that I shared with friends today. Um, going back to the verse 14 of Matthew 7, because narrow is the way and difficult is the way that leads to life, 
and therefore few will find it. What I had seen while I was uh, talking with friends was a picture of uh, scripture, first of all, says that there is paths in the sea. And so we know that the ships take these paths to make it uh, easier for traveling. And uh, this is found in scripture. And there's also paths in the air and jet streams will take those paths so that they don't have as much turbulence while they're traveling as well. And what was coming to me is, Father had said right from the beginning of time that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And I was seeing uh, the verse of scripture also that says, that I have planned your days in the foundations of the earth. So in the kingdom thinking, how about if we imagine that what Father has already planned for us is already packed out, and he wants us to find that narrow path that leads to him and that guides us along the way, and seeing that his will and his plan is already laid out for us. And what we need to do is stay so close to him that we know what steps to take next, even in the midst of difficulty, and that he will show us kingdom thinking. He will show us a different perspective than what we have and put aside our earthly mindsets and our, our fleshly thinking and say, what are you saying to me through this, Father? We run into all kinds of difficulties in life, each and every one of us, and how we approach it and how we um, have the right attitude through it is what Father wants to teach us so that we will automatically go to Him in the difficult times. So I want to encourage the people in that today. Thank you, Father, for your word that sets us free. Hallelujah. Thank Amen. you for your word that you shared today, Kenny. It was very good. You might think that you were long-winded, but a lot of us needed to hear it. <laughs> Amen. That's, that's great what you shared about the streams, the jet streams. And I'm reminded of flying from Arizona back to North Carolina one day. And I was on this flight and it was just... Man, I tell you, we, we had that wind whipping us up the backside so hard that we were being pushed even faster than the plane's full throttle could go. It was just an incredible experience being in that jet stream and arriving like 20 minutes ahead of schedule because of the force of that jet stream. And yeah, this is what the Father wants, isn't it? He wants us to realize that we can have salvation. And hallelujah for salvation, but we need to be doers of the word. We've got to live the life. Amen. Thanks for sharing that, Hugo. That's a blessing. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. It was an image that he gave me, so I felt that was time to share it again. Bear with me. I'm not a techie, so uh, I'm from Newfoundland. I got a grade eight education, so stand back. You can expect <laughs> anything at this point. <laughs> hey, hallelujah, brother. What a word. What a what a bodybuilding word. Okay. I just want to say that, brother. That's been bless you. Not too long, like you get said, man. That's not long-winded. That's that's 
to the point and it's just the holy spirit was all over you just pouring that out and pouring it out and it's just an example to us yeah let's let's build character it's your character you're bringing to the people you know your gift is a side benefit i i kind of say in some ways you know but your character is what how you're being fashioned how you're responding to the word how you're developing in your response to the holy spirit when you're being pricked it's like paul it is hard to kick against the pricks (laughs) it is but bless the lord on my soul and yes when things just uh you take losses in this life it is so true you know though god slay me yet i'll trust him joe beautiful example and just recently i lost like two thousand dollars on a job by an error that i'll take the blame for but it was unforeseen to my eyes that I could have avoided it at the time. And that's a big blow, you might think, right? But really, we're not running the cash register. God is, right? So I was able to just take a rest on that and just press on. Let's go to the next job, you know? And you, you have to have that built into you because if what someone says knocks you down or, or a loss knocks you down or something happens and you're able to be crushed to the point where you can't get up, there's a there's something in that in the spirit that's hindering that that growth you know there's something there that's blocking the development there so yeah man it, it's just cry out to the father and he will he will give whatever you need he's not going to hold back and and i just i just love what you're pouring out there man i just want to say that if nothing else it's been i'm just soaking it in all right and uh just keep doing it and being an example to us to to go to, to continue on press on press on absolutely Bless you, my brother and your family, your mama. We pray for her right now, Father. Pray for Kenny's mom. Father, you know the afflictions and the things that we deal with in this life and many others on right now, too, suffering in some way. We speak a word of healing over the body. We speak words of life. We speak words of blessing as you have commanded us. And we pray that blessing over Kenny, his wife, his child, his associates. We pray for all the others that are in the Zoom here today partaking and ask father for jerry for healing thanking you for it father and and yeah that's what's come to mind again father just give thanks and everything give thanks for this is the will of the father in christ jesus concerning you bless you all saints be encouraged be strong in the lord and the power of his might